Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Black Hair Care No Chaser. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I know the episodes are a little sporadic, but to make up for that, this time I have a great episode with a guest. Actually, I end up with two guests towards the end. Um, You won't want to miss this one. This one is uh, with an author by the name of San. I wanted to make sure I got her last name right. You guys, please excuse me. Her name is San Griffin, and she is a skilled professional in the child development and family relations. She's also worked with youth and families for over 15 years. She has beautiful sons, so she is a boy mom, and she saw a lack in the libraries, basically in the offerings of children's books. Um, She did not see enough children's books with characters that looked like her children. So she decided if she couldn't find the story, she would write one. Not only did she write one, she wrote multiple and you guys will get to hear about that process. So without further ado, I'd like to let you go ahead and listen to this wonderful episode. being willing to do this interview with me. Can you tell the audience a little bit about you? Yes, yes, yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Sin Griffin. I am the CEO of Aggrandize Your Life LLC, which is my my first brand, which is all about creating workshops to empower and inspire um, with tangible and intangible tools. And uh, I started my publishing company through Aggrandize Your Life. But last year during the pandemic, I launched my sub brand, which is Black Hair Love. Okay. And, uh, yes, I, I wanted to do something regarding black hair for years, which I know we'll talk about that a little more. Mm-hmm. But um, I ended up launching three books in June, and one became Amazon bestseller, uh, The Black Hair Love for Teens and Adults. And uh, once again, that's my sub brand, books I created to represent underrepresented hair in literature. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my website for Aggrandize Your Life is Aggrandize Your Life, which means to enlarge your life, mm-hmm. uh, dot com. And you can also reach me at blackhairlove.info to find out more information about uh, the Black Hair Love book series. Awesome. That is so amazing. You are a busy woman. Three books, girl, and like multiple businesses. Okay. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your journey to how you got to this point where you're like, this is what I want to do. This is what I love. I want to share my love and I want to share it so much. I'm about to do it big. Like, how did you get here? Yes. So, you know, growing up a young girl in the South, a black girl in the South, hair is, you know, a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hear some negative things. And some positive. It just depends on the texture of your hair. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Good hair, bad hair, you know, uh, conversation. And, um, you know, I have three sons and all three of them have different textures of hair. Mm-hmm. My middle son will always come home and say the girls were just telling him he had, you know, good hair because his mm-hmm. hair is curly, kind of like mine. And my youngest son, his hair is not curly, but is he has tight coils mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's really thick and he never received those compliments 
and I wanted to affirm, I wanted something to affirm that all black hair mm -hmm. is beautiful hair. Wow. And that this hair is actually strong, resilient hair like our ancestors. Mm -hmm. I wanted something to say those things that I was saying to my children. And um, so, you know, black hair love spun out of that. I'm, I'm laying in the bed trying to rest. The poems are just bouncing around in my head. Ideas, <laughs> the pictures, everything was just bothering me. I, I, I say it's like having uh, a, expecting a baby. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're birthing. You're creating. Yes, it's just moving around at night when I'm trying to sleep, and all these ideas are just. But I said, okay, I gotta move on this. And then one day I was watching um, TV and I saw uh, an interview by Toni Morrison, mm -hmm. uh, the great Pulitzer um, Pulitzer Prize winning author. And um, and she said, if there's a book you want to read and it's not, haven't been written yet, then you need to write it. Oh, they called you, right? So I said, okay, I hear you. Right? <laughs> Let, me make right. Come Let me make a move on this. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. That's beautiful. It, you know, I love hearing stories um, where businesses or creations come out of a need and out of a true love and passion. So that's wonderful, especially because you have boys. I'm also a boy mom. Um, it's crazy because my business, my marketing mostly focuses on girls, but I do get a lot of questions from other boy moms. And I do understand, I am a boy mom, how important it is we empower our sons and, and make sure that they know that their natural beauty is also um, beautiful, important, relevant, enough, like all these things. So, wow. So tell us more about what you, what you put out into the world. Yes. So, um, you know, during the pandemic, you know, a lot of us ask for more time, right? <laughs> Everybody's quarantining in the house all around the world. Uh, so I, I just took that time to work on uh, Black Hair Love. Okay. Uh, originally, I thought it was going to be one book. But mm -hmm. then as I started doing research and realized that in early education, there are more books about animals than mm -hmm. black children. So, wow. white children is, is number one. There are more books about white children, you know, across the board. Mm -hmm. uh, but animals is second. <laughs> and then third is minority uh, people. I never knew that. And, you know, I never thought to look at the statistics of what, like, the quantity of books in different genres. I just, you know, I just kind of always knew that we were not represented enough um, as a whole. And I don't think I ever thought about the age range of the genres of books. Um, and now I'm looking back. I know I had Please Baby, Please by Kadir Nelson. Um, yeah, I had a couple of those. But, you know, um... I'm trying to think there was a couple other books like there's an African there's a, a series of African nursery rhyme books I remember having those for my son when he was younger but you're right like there was not a plethora of choices um for the younger ones that's those books with the black feature you held on to those yeah I have mine like in a special place where you cannot rip these books so you right yes like I still have them in his memory box you're right <laughs> And so, and then I did a little more research and realized, you know, out of those black books, mm -hmm. less have a black male on, a black boy on the cover. Wow. Okay. So, and, and, um, I decided to 
put black males on all of the covers, even though the books are for girls and boys. Wow. So this is a school book. And this young fellow here is actually uh, the lady who colors my hair is her mm -hmm. son. Wow. That picture and uh, being an indie, you know, author and publisher, I'm able to, you know, make those decisions. My book cover. Mm -hmm. I love being a part of those details. But yes, I decided to put... Um, our boys on the cover because mm -hmm. they deserve to see themselves. They deserve to be represented. However, on the inside, it, there's poems that the book is for um, boys and girls. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for making that choice. I'm so glad you heard the calling. I'm so glad you responded and followed through. The world needed this. Yes, yes. I'm grateful. I can sleep at night. I feel a relief. Like I said, like I had the baby. Mm -hmm, <laughs> Now I can rest. <laughs> so tell us about some of the process. Um, and, and, and using that same analogy, tell us about some of the birthing process. I know sometimes when I have big ideas, right when it gets time for it to be here and, and to be tangible, it, it feels like there's some resistance. And it's almost like when you're getting ready to give birth, you know, it's hard, it hurts, you're tired. And you're like, if I could just, we are almost there. Like we, you know, so what was it like for you? Oh, yes. Um, Self-publishing. I had a publishing consultant. Okay. With, um, his name was Gary uh, Fundo, uh, Fundo Press. And I told him he was like the midwife. Wow. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. But um, so um, he will upload my um, the information into Kindle, Amazon, mm -hmm. and other places that I wanted to print the book from. And sometimes we'll run into... Uh, an issue where maybe the text is bleeding off or, you know, we may have to change the size or something. It's just always something you may run into. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a book launch date set for uh, June 21st, I think it was. And so, you know, you're already advertising that book launch. Mm -hmm. Things to just go through, but sometimes it could take over uh, hours for Amazon to say, okay, everything is clear mm -hmm. and uh, it's a go. We're going to upload the book. Uh, so things of that nature, and uh, being that this was my second go around, because my first book is called The Superhero's Guide to Dominating Their Universe. What? Yes. That I'm going to talk more about that. Okay. Sorry. It was published in 2017. That was okay. my And um, it, too, was an Amazon bestseller. So I kind of, you know, knew the process going through it uh, before. Um, so I was, I, I want to say I was pretty much uh, confident. Mm -hmm. I had scheduled a, a virtual book launch with a group uh, and things of that nature. So I was pretty confident we were going to do it. Mm -hmm. And that the person that I was working with, he was the type of person that was very meticulous and we're going to make sure that everything was flawless. And uh, so we had a few mistakes where the uh, in the front of the book, the, uh, the table of contents, the numbers were off. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. And so we had to pull it down and correct that and post it back up. So little things like that. But mm -hmm. overall, I mean, I, I'm very pleased, um, very excited of the polished literature that I think that we have for generations to come, that, that can be here for generations to come, for generations to, you know, see their sense, see themselves, yeah. uh, see their hair. Yeah. Uh, for instance, um, I, when I walk in the mall, I see little toddlers with locks. Mm -hmm. I see a four or five year old with locks. 
Mm-hmm. However, I've never seen it in a preschool book. Wow. They don't they, they don't see themselves in that particular literature. Mm-hmm. And they see people who look like them and their family or their community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, things start early. That confidence level uh, starts really, really early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so that's why... Um, I did the preschool book. I said, okay, I need to do a preschool book. So the preschool book is really like one poem. And then it have numbers in there and colors and things of that nature. But different shades of black children, you know, beautiful shades and different textures of hair from big curly curls to tight coils to beads, you know, things that we all enjoyed as kids wearing beads, braids. So, yes, that's the, um, that's the preschool book. And then the middle book um, and the team book, I have illustrations by a young lady named Igea Charles. It's gorgeous. Uh, Igea Charles masterpiece here. She is a young author, no, a young illustrator mm-hmm. and um, artist out of South Carolina. Wow. She's out of South Carolina and we met actually um, on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> Look at social media coming through. Yes. Uh, the title of this piece of artwork here is called Black Boy Joy. And when I saw that, I just felt, I just smiled every time I see it. I said the joy is just exuding through that picture. Yeah. So the boys for uh, the middle book. And then this is the team book here. Oh, I got to get, I, first of all, I want a copy of all three, but I definitely have to get that one. Okay. Yes. And they, they love it. I have adults reading this and they love it. And designing this cover was one of my favorites because if you notice the halo over. Yeah, the little. Yeah. Um, this is actually my son. <laughs> so I embarrassed him putting them on a book, but <laughs> that's the one who, you know, never received those compliments. Mm-hmm. The true story behind that book, but behind the cover is when he would walk down the hall and I just walked by him and passed him, his hair was growing straight up like a crown. Straight up. And I was just like, wow, you got a crown oozing through your pores. I said, look at God. <laughs> I said, he wants you, he wants you to know that you are royalty. He have a crown just oozing straight through your pores. Because it will be jagged, just like a, a crown. So wow. that's for the cover. And I said, I want other people to see what I see when I see our black and brown boys. Mm-hmm. I see royalty. Mm-hmm. But you know, some people see a devil ears mm-hmm. when they <laughs> you know, young guys like that. And that's why I wanted, you know, so badly to put that there because, you know, we need to change that perception and mm-hmm. know that, you know, our hair is created like that one because you know everything god created like plants and trees and, and things of that nature what they do go, go straight up to the sun mm-hmm. and so we have a constant reminder when we look in the mirror of how special and unique we are that's beautiful that's very true that we are naturally supposed to be here we were created on purpose yes ma'am just the way we are we're perfect naturally just the way we are Yes, ma'am. And he's a handsome fella. So I hope he, you know, of course, with a, a wonderful mom like you that's dedicated whole books to him, I'm sure he knows at this point. And I'm sure he feels good about himself. And that's so important. I love what you put out because um, my son keeps a kind of short fade. But there are points, you know, where he was um, 
I'm not going to be slightly insecure about his appearance and whether or not he was handsome or whether or not, you know, he looks good. I'm like, boy, please, you are fine. You know, like you, everything about you was created the way that it was supposed to be. There is nothing that is. And if anybody tells you anything different, they're tripping. Maybe they just, they can't see. We maybe should get them some glasses or something. Um, <laughs> Their problem. <laughs> it's their problem. Whatever it is, it's not yours. Please know that when you look in the mirror, you are everything that you are supposed to be. Um, but I, it wasn't my calling to write a book. And you know, like I said, I don't think it quite occurred to me how few books there there were on the market that were a, especially a positive reflection for him. Even when I look around my house, I often say like, I have all kinds of black art, but it's all female. I do not have, I just recently picked up one thing that's a male, but unfortunately in this one, the male is like crying. It's a younger boy or whatever. And I've asked him sometimes like, you know, has it ever affected you that I don't have a lot of black male art? And he said, well, you know, not really. But then I wonder what things were subconsciously, you know, going in or not going in, like what ways I could have made more of an impact if I had had more black art. So I've been looking for some more art. Um, but you know, even when you go, cause some of my art is just from like a Marshalls. They're huge, but they're like from Marshalls, TJ Maxx. I just happened to see them. Wasn't really planned, but you never see black men in, in, in works of art like that. Right. You have to go to specialty shops or mm -hmm. uh, shop in Durham called Exotic Boutique. It's an African school. Mm. You ever come downtown, girl? Oh, You're in Durham, North Carolina? North Carolina. Girl, you up the street. Well, we can definitely connect. Yes, ma'am. And dear, my friend and dear is here. Come say hi, because you're going to meet her in person, too. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, your voice might be on the podcast a little bit. Hey, hello. My name is Indira. Oh. How yes. are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Great, thank you. Pleasure to meet you. Good to meet you too. Have you been eavesdropping? No, no. Dang, why not? How was it like, okay, so you said hair for you growing up was definitely a big part of you. Were you always in North Carolina? Okay. And so in, in some, in, in what ways was it relayed to you that hair was that important? Was it like actual comments or was it more subtle? Oh, it wasn't subtle. <laughs> <laughs> The neighborhoods where I grew up, you know, negative words were told. I'm trying mm -hmm. to be <laughs> You know, regarding your hair, and your hair was just a big part of who um, you are, especially mm -hmm. growing up. And uh, of course, you know, you went through the stage where you, you had the baby hair, and I try mm -hmm. to put words like that in the book, you know, things from my culture. Mm -hmm. and things and remember in the back they said that's your kitchen yes yes ma'am mm -hmm. capture that and put in the book because i truly believe these books are window books for like maybe some of your caucasian uh clients mm -hmm. to see what we love about our hair some of our traditions mm -hmm. uh, some of the terms that we use in our culture regarding our, regarding our hair and then for black and brown youth and adults, they're mirror books. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. Representation matters. We need to see ourselves, see our story, know that we are valued, treasure those moments. Because, um, you know, Mother's Day weekend is upon us, and I was just thinking of my mom on Sunday night. I actually have a poem about it. Uh, 
you know, that was wash night. That was when you got your hair washed and cornrows. Well, that's okay. you say my washing curls on Saturdays, and then um, when I was relaxed, relaxed to catch up for Sundays. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, they work through the week now. They don't have time. Yeah. Don't have to they want to be doing all that with that <laughs> thick hair on the week, on during the week. Gotta be looking good for church. You got to. I got to. Yeah. And so that's why I take those, uh, Sunday clothes off when you get out of church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. They're not your play clothes. They're not your play clothes. Honestly, you might take them off in the car. You might. You might. Because you, you, you better still go, nothing. Right. You better step in that thing. Yeah. You gotta go into the pastor's house after. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. And all of that. You're not going back to the crib till about 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope you bought a drink and some snacks. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be hanging out. Don't let it be church anniversary. <laughs> oh, girl. Don't let it be church. Honey, don't let there be more than one service. Because it's a wrap. Yay. So I like your terminology about window and mirror. So with my clients, especially, we are always talking about mirrors. Almost to the point that sometimes I'm like, if y'all say that word one more time, because they, you know, like they know that at this point, most of them that are woke know that mirrors are important. But I think in some ways they almost commodify it. Like, oh, I have three books in the house. I can check that out for this. Like, we don't need to look for mirrors anymore. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a lifestyle here. You have a black child in your home. It is now a lifestyle. Like, this is going to be integrated in every way. But I've never thought about the term window. Like, your book is a window for them. It's a it's an introduction. It's like, hey, you can observe to a certain extent. Like, you can learn. I like that. I think that's, yeah. I think that's more. I love I was going to reiterate about our hair and, you know, these are some of our traditions and how we feel about our hair. Yeah. Other people. And the other thing, what I was telling you when I was a teenager, you all probably remember this movie, uh, Chris Rock was in, it was called uh, Good Hair. Yes. To me was when the, the Asian guy, you know, he goes over there and he shows them this hair that looks like black hair. Mm hmm. And so, you know, my feelings was hurt as a teenager, like, who was he to say that my hair is bad hair? Mm-hmm. And so, as a young black girl, I just felt like everybody was telling me how I should feel about myself, my hair, my body, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I really wanted to create something where I'm telling, you know, these young people who they are you know who they really are who god says we are and you know we are from royalty Mm -hmm. we are from great people science Mm -hmm. you know doctors what we're just great great people (laughs) i agree (laughs) so i um so my closest friends or some of my closest friends they're white and like not you Anyway, some of my closest friends, they're white, but they have black children. But like when COVID first happened or not too long after, we decided to have like a parking lot get together so we could stay far apart from each other or whatever. And they burned. We're in San Antonio, Texas at this point. So, you know, it's warm or whatever. And we're out there. But we, we decided to get together in the morning, hopefully to avoid some of the heat. It didn't work out that way. They burned. Um, they all had sunburns. And so I make a joke with them, which is a half joke. But I'm like, honestly, black people are built for the long haul. Like we are built to be a part of this planet. And that right there is a literal example of it. As we lose more ozone and the world gets hotter, guess who's going to naturally be able 
to sustain life here. Um, and in a lot of ways, but that's nat that's nature, right? Yeah, that's so we were the first people. And yeah, it's natural yes, selection. Uh -huh. And we were the first people. And unfortunately, throughout history, we have not been treated well. Um, and as the earth, we have not been treated. <laughs> <That's> karma. <laughs> it is though. Because if you think about it, as far as like large, I didn't mean to cut you. No, you're fine. As far as like who impacts the hole in the ozone, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Big corporations, mm -hmm. who run those things. Exactly. And now here it is coming full circle that you are not equipped to maintain in this environment that you, that you created. Yeah, and I hate it for you, but. <laughs> yeah, like in, yeah. in a lot of ways, white supremacy and capitalism, which is also controlled by white supremacy, has created a hostile environment that they have, up until recently, always thought that it was just affecting everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, they created this environment of keeping people of color down or keeping them in their place or always subjecting them to negativity and um, just trauma, right? But then now in this world they created, they're having to look at what they're creating and, and I don't know, I feel like they're having to come around to somewhat of a power shift. Mm -hmm. And I think it's scary for white people, especially because they assume that people of color are going to treat them the same way that they have treated others. I don't think they naturally will. We have love in our heart. That's why it's mm -hmm. called black hair love. Because mm -hmm. we, we like to share love mm -hmm. with our loving people. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, just think about it, even during slavery, they left their children mm -hmm. with us to take with care of get a lot of damage if they want but they right. have love in their heart but i want to congratulate you because that your niche is so unique i i never thought it when i went on your instagram page and i saw that i was like i would have never thought about that i don't know anyone who do what you're doing mm -hmm. uh, but you do need to consider you know those black and brown children who were adopted and taken care of by our brothers and sisters that are caucasian mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. That is so, so unique. And uh, speaking of our uh, melanin, I do have a short poem that, you know, I wrote um, just thinking about what you said about our skin. So as I was writing these poems, I was just thinking about, I want this to come from a place of love. Mm -hmm. I don't want to come from a place of hate or revenge. Mm -hmm. I really just want, you know, if a Caucasian or Asian or anyone, any other culture read this book that they just see the love and see the place that it's coming from mm -hmm. I did write one regarding our melanin I would love to hear it okay, let me see here it's very short and uh, but I like it because it it's the opposite of what status quo say, says about us so and we need all the messages that we can get to um, to be opposed to what status quo says. Oh, look at the future! Such a cute picture of a newborn in hands. In this week, title is "Born Protected." Waddle in melanin, much needed protection in the sun. Swab with an afro to keep your head centered and warm. Yes. Born with this awe-inspiring armor for security. We are blessed. So we were born blessed. Yes. yes. And we're stuff that people go out and purchase. That's love. We are special. We are unique. People on a cold day, ask someone who don't have any hair. They want something. They're going to buy what I already have. Mm -hmm. And it come out of my head without it. <laughs> they're going to buy sunscreen or they're going to get tan. Mm -hmm. But we were born 
protect. Mm-hmm. That's a little short. That's beautiful. That's, That's right on time. Thank you. Yeah, right, honey. Yeah. I am trying to, with my business, build, build some of that gap. Um, there are some other stylists who are teaching black hair care to white parents, but because a lot of these conversations are uncomfortable, I think they kind of steer clear. And my grandma always said I didn't have good sense and I talked too much. And so <laughs> I became the perfect person <laughs> because, um, I do believe in addressing some of these conversations. Um, especially for instance, like I was just saying, like, you know, my friends burned in the sun and I didn't. But in a whole, like we were talking about, the, the environment has been created to be hostile to us. But now the power shift is, is happening. How can we build these bridges and how can we help families that are really at the intersection? They're living at the intersection. How can we help them fare and how can we help those kids become the best that they can be? And so a lot of times what happens with foster and um, adopted children in white households is they feel ostracized by both sides. They're never going to be white enough. And you know what? Not even just foster and adoptive kids, but biracial, biologically, like their biological biracial children also talk about as, you know, as they get adults and they looking back, how they felt like they were always splitting this line and they were never going to be white enough for their white peers and even some of their family members to accept them. But they also were not going to be, quote unquote, black enough, you know, and so really trying to build that bridge and introduce white parents who have black kids to black culture, but also letting them know that it's not a monolith. Also letting them know there's a lot of beauty and power. You don't always have to introduce them into it with the whole police talk or, you know, well, there was Martin Luther King, like these very cliche topics. Like, let's talk about it as a whole, you know, and sometimes those things are not going to be comfortable, but most of the time they're really beautiful at the end of the day. I think that makes the kind of content and the service that you provide different from those other um, stylists that we were talking mm -hmm. about, because you do bridge that gap. You do have those kind of hard conversations and I think it's it's just a matter of changing the narrative of hair care, of uh, interracial families. And I know that you talked about kind of biracial children kind of be, being ostracized from both ends. And mm -hmm. I think that just comes from the perception that was created behind like race and being mixed race mm -hmm. and what the, what the perception is of, well, not perception, but the, the correlation between like slavery and um, white men taking advantage of mm -hmm. black slaves and that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. it kind of is innate almost, mm -hmm. but we have to change that narrative. We do. You know, I've, I've been the person who's made bad jokes. Like I have a friend who's biracial, but she grew up believing that she was white because her stepfather did not like black people. Um, and anyway, fast forward, you know, she, she has different mannerisms, you know, she has, she doesn't know the culture, you know? So, so for a long time, she was on the outside observing or whatever so i've been the person that kind of make jokes like girl that there goes that white you know that white stuff in you or that white yeah. body but at the end of the day i consider her black and i i feel that way about most biracial children and it's not solely just a race thing it's more so that they they know that they have a community that they belong to and they are enough the way that they are um because black comes in all kinds of colors and it comes with different kinds of hair naturally like if you look at the if you look at the continent of africa we come in a variety if we talk about the fact that africans have the mother gene um which everything else is a derivative of we obviously come in a variety so i think i just went all the way around the world not bringing that home but mm -hmm. okay you made it you got okay. it there you got us there that's the important part we got there. spice of life variety is the spice of life yes 
Asians are beautiful. You know, Native American are beautiful. Yes. Asians are beautiful. Latinos are beautiful. You do. Like, we're all, we're just saying that we have been underrepresented in yes. our literature and our hair have not been shown in a beautiful light. Right. You know, as a kid, watch it. I mean, you can watch anything on TV. You watch a, a, a toothpaste commercial, you know, the, you know, the hair just goes. Yeah. And then after the commercial, you're going to try to find a mop put on your head. Right. <laughs> I want to brush my teeth like that. And I think here recently there has been a significant change in how people of color are perceived in mm -hmm. the media and um, like in, again, toothpaste commercials or in, um, shoot, no, I can't remember. Like Target commercials. Like Target commercials. Or like our everyday thing. Yeah, yeah, like regular stuff yeah. where we might not have been represented in the past. And I appreciate that, but I feel like there's still room to grow. There are still things that need to be Yeah, there, there's still things that need to change. Yeah. Um, and I'm, y'all were probably talking about that when I was eating and watching Bob's Burgers. But uh, yeah, that's I agree with you. I, I see a difference too, and I appreciate it as well. And you know, I feel like our children are getting a better, you know, glimpse of the world. They've been able to see themselves and people that look like people in their family. So yeah, definitely a difference. And I say 2020. You know what 2020 means? Vision. See. Mm -hmm. Oh, it oh broke. hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I ain't never had 2020 vision. It was like, okay, we putting on your glasses, America, right? <laughs> you trying to tear it up? Yeah, they, you know they love to say not they like that, but people's excuse for not making changes or doing differently in the past has been, oh well, we didn't know. Mm -hmm. Like, teach us, show us, mm -hmm. like en enlighten us. Mm -hmm. It's no way you don't know now. Not now. I don't know how you didn't know last year, mm -hmm. but it's definitely no way that you don't know now. So I think at this point we can start to hold people more accountable yeah. for their actions going forward. That's very true. And with social media and like the internet, which is great, obviously, because you built great relationships. Like you're just one example of how you can build really great relationships and it works great for your books. But this is also how we can build those relationships and those bridges between races and ethnicity and start educating each other and um, sharing resources like your fabulous books that start at preschool. Yeah. So then, you know, again, your window and mirror um terminology you can start having more windows and mirrors in everyday life so then we don't have so many of these um negative perceptions anymore yes, yes. and you know it's all about um as i was brainstorming uh, my mission for these books uh the thought came to rebranding black hair yeah okay because you know these are the words i remember hearing and when i talk to others they remember Okay, our hair is rude, unmanageable. Thank you. You know, you just think of any of these negative words. Mm -hmm. They were attached to our hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, the idea of the book, I don't use those words. I say things like our hair is strong, like our ancestors, or resilient, um, things of that nature. And I'm, I'm hoping that parents and caregivers see that and also say those things to the to the children affirm to them your hair is not nappy or rude or unmanageable they say oh you have such if it's real tight and curly oh your hair is so strong but you can say your hair is so strong just like you are oh you're a strong girl oh you're such a strong guy you know and yeah. you know, the thoughts that we've been conditioned to think in your head don't focalize it and and tank that beautiful soul you know yes, that's yes. 
thought that they are beautiful, they are special, they're unique, and they're perfect just the way they are. Yes, I love it. So tell us again how we can get a hold of your books. Yes. Okay. All of them, because there was a whole superhero book that now I'm about to go stalk your social media and websites for, oh, Superheroes Guide to Dominating Their Universe. Oh, so where can we buy this? Yeah, where can we buy this? Amazon. You Amazon, okay. Uh, the synopsis of this book. So I, in 2016, I went through a little lightning where I realized how powerful words are, how powerful mm -hmm. words are. I took a neuroscience coaching certifi certification class. So I learned how these things affect our brain, our subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And I learned about the left brain, the right brain. You know, left brain is more mathematical. Your child, you know, they think in numbers. Like my son, the one on the cover, he used to say, I ate two thirds of my peas. I used to be like, what is that? I, I don't, I'm a visual person. You know, ate almost all of the peas or something. <laughs> The left brainer, you know, okay. more of a right brainer because I like the right thing, you know, I like to be creative. Right. So, I just felt like, why aren't we telling children, why aren't we telling children these things while they're young? Because mm -hmm. a lot of children grew up like myself thinking something's wrong with me because I didn't think it was like my the child sitting beside me in class, you know, mm -hmm. who would answer the question really quick or uh, was a linguistic learner who could listen to a lecture mm -hmm. and answer the questions I would be daydreaming visualize now I know that's visualize <laughs> I'd be hmm, I'm gonna go get make some mud pies but but you know I'm like why aren't we sharing this with you now I had to you know go to college mm -hmm. degree, and then you know be at crossroads where I want what I want to do to to get all this information I'm talking mm -hmm. about sharing it as young as possible so that's what's inside this book I love it. So I'm definitely going to order that one too. Amazon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon. They're all on Amazon, Kindle. Um, they're on my website, www.blackhairlove.info. Uh, Instagram. Um, I've been on Instagram for, what, almost a year now. So if you're on Instagram, you can reach me at black, B-L-A-C, underscore, K-Love. Black Hair Love, underscore. Okay. And, uh... On that page, there's a link to all the books and um, and some videos and things of that nature. I YouTube. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate you being here and allowing us to chit chat with yeah. you. Let me come in. I'm sorry. I know that y'all were talking, but I appreciate being a part of the conversation. Uh, I think it's important that people in my generation are actively engaging. Yeah. And not like, you know, but, you know, I appreciate being here. Well, <laughs> Both of you all. Oh, it's so fun. I had a wonderful time. Well, thank you. Thank you. So we are going to find out how to actually personally meet you because we are right down the road. Yes. And we were planning to go up to Raleigh this yes, weekend. We so maybe when you and I are talking, um, we can connect so I can take some books with me on the tour. Um, I want to have a couple of things to give away as gifts and prizes um, during my tour. So that would be nice. And I'm actually working on a book kit. Okay. You all want to see uh, what it looked like? Yes. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. We love black women doing right. Listen, <laughs> I'm so excited about this. So you see the oh, I love anything that comes in a box. Oh, that's beautiful. 
Beautiful. My son gets well. He used to get. He kind of um, outgrew the clothes, but he used to get because of them. We can, and it's a subscription box that comes in one of those boxes, right? And I think just a box, like you get this special gift in a box. Yeah. Yes. Black hair love. Black hair love. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thank you again for joining me today and giving us all the info of what you created and birthed into the world that obviously the world needed. Um, tell us again your website. Yes blackhairlove.info thank you thank you so i will catch up with you a little later i look forward to sharing more of your information your posts your books everything on my social media so that we can you know cross reference so again thank you for being here thank you so much for the opportunity no problem have a good evening bye bye bye